0: Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of London Calling, our very own property podcast brought to you by Coraco Independent Mortgage Advisors. My name is Monty and I shall be your host to guide you through and investigate the very latest in the world of mortgages, property and the general financial world. This is London Calling. So the summer holidays are over, we all enjoyed the weather, and it's back to school with a bang for mortgage lenders as they start off the annual get business in before the end of the year race by cutting a whole host of rates. Whilst the Governor of the Bank of England is still busy talking up the chances of a rate rise sooner rather than later, it seems the market's a little less sure given the issues we have seen in China, so there is still some room for lenders to continue with their current low offerings. We also expect that other lenders will improve their criteria further, which could mean more options around for those wanting an interest-only loan or those self-employed and on a contract. To discuss the current state of the nation as far as the mortgage world is concerned, I'm delighted to welcome Richard Tugwell, who is the Director of Intermediary Relationships Virgin Money. Hello, Richard. Afternoon, Andy. And we also have, as usual, Coraco's Managing Director, Matt Lowndes, who will no doubt jump in, put his two penneth in. Hello, Matt. Hello, Monty. I hope you're all well. Thank you for coming. First off, Richard, can you uh, give us all a little overview of your role within Virgin Money? What do you do day to day?
1: Yeah, sure. I'm I'm responsible for for intermediary relationships. So um, all of the the BDMs, national account managers, etc. That that the uh, intermediaries ho- hopefully know and love uh, would be managed on a day to day basis by by myself. And uh, we've expanded more recently into telephony as well. So we've got a lot of uh, telephony support going through the the, the uh, going through the, the channel as well. So anything intermediary really would come via me.
0: Right. Okay. So all our side. Um- now, Virgin Money have a, a, a really strong, recognisable brand, and the, the Virgin name is, is certainly one that consumers have grown to love over the years, really. Um, do you think lenders are doing enough to rebuild trust in their brands after the tumultuous events of the, of the credit crunch?
1: It's an interesting question. I think um, with the the size and impact that the credit crunch had, it's always difficult to to overcome any stigma that that may be associated with it in one fell swoop. Mm. I think it's it's going to take time. From a Virgin Money point of view, obviously the brand is very important to us, as as you would expect, and and customers, whether it's a Virgin Money or another one, the Virgin uh, Family Brands, are always centric to to what we do. So it's a a customer-facing and customer-centred proposition. Um, I think, to be honest, some of the other lenders as well are, are probably getting a, a slightly bad rap based on things that happened five, six, seven years ago. Quite often, nothing to do with them individually, but a, yeah. a market-based issue that obviously was bigger than than just the UK, let alone individual banks. Uh, but as I say, I think it will take a long time of them doing the right things uh, for that to be noticed. It's always easier to notice something that's wrong than, than something that's right. Um, we've got the advantage, if you like, of being in at the end of that from a Virgin Money point yeah. of view. Yeah. And certainly we're doing whatever we can through, through the brand, through advertising, through marketing. But through good old fashioned day to day support of intermediaries and customers mm. to, to hopefully be caught doing the right thing more often
0: very good yeah we certainly uh certainly like the virgin brand, some of the things you've done like uh, we were chatting before the the virgin credit cards are a little bit edgy a little bit different that's that's good that's what that's what we like to see um so over the last few months we we've, we've seen well what have we seen we've seen the mortgage market review loan to income caps uh, and now we've got the uh, the prospect of European mortgage credit directive, which everyone is is rightfully very excited about, um, is it too much regulation? Is it is it stifling the market? And has it affected your plans?
1: It certainly hasn't stifled plans. I think what I would say straight off is that the the consultation now that surrounds regulation, as you've mentioned there, is much much better than it would have been would have been some time ago. And and certainly I was involved around MMR in particular with the consultation through the trade bodies, with lenders, with intermediaries, and and, and with the regulator themselves. And and I think that made the landing of that regulation a lot smoother and and softer, if you like, than it could have been if that consultation hadn't taken place. Uh, but naturally, regulation is there for a reason. It's there. Uh, and MMR in particular was there to make sure that advice went into the centre of the of the uh, of the whole whole proposition for all lenders. Uh, it made customers more aware of the need for advice and whether they were getting it and how to obtain yeah. it if they weren't yeah. getting it already. Uh, obviously, great news for intermediaries, which uh, you know, with, with, with yeah. the bastion of that advice has always been has always been well well uh, well harvested. Um, and I think from from that point of view, what you're always going to see with regulation is a natural condensing, if you like, of the things that were done before, which then season as time goes on, and lenders, as they should and, and they do, have a look and sensibly make appropriate changes once they start to see the reaction and action mm. that goes on in the back of regulation. So is there too much? I think there was a need for a lot of that regulation to take place. If you look at the um, you know, things that went on in the past, <laughs> yeah. um, it's, cu- it's come in at a time, and with that consultation, that means that people understand where it is and I think we're still in that phase now where we're trying to find out where the the, uh, the weak points if you like are manifesting themselves and it's only through doing that and analysing and being sensible and appropriate that you can make the changes you need to make.
0: And you think overall the, the consumers in a in a much better place although uh, there are all these reports in the media that you know, you can't do this you have to spend a nine hour interview and and tell them how many haircuts you, you got a year that that's a bit sensationalist isn't it now it's it's sort of it's certainly our experiences it's calmed down dramatically
1: I, I think so the, the the headlines are always going to be sensationalist and I think from a from a market point of view as I say there, there was stories before of people thinking they got advice where, where they hadn't and, and a lot of research that, that suggested that was the case, um, MMR has clarified that. So I think people now know whether they're getting advice and, and they're out there looking for it. I think the regulation that goes around um, the advice itself is, is a, a lot clearer now and people are giving advice in the right way. The ones that always were are still doing it, the ones that perhaps uh, w- were less sure about what they were doing have, have, now, mm. have now straightened that up. So mm. that's got to be a great thing for consumers. And as I say, you're always going to find people at the edge that maybe are a, a, a falling uh, in a, in a a slight gap when when the regulation has changed around some of the major parts of it, affordability and lending into retirement and interest only and things like that are always going to get the headlines. Um, but I think the majority of them are sensationalist. And, and if you if you're able to to talk through that case with your advisor, I'm not really sure you've been in a better place than me to say how many of those customers are not finding they can get a mortgage.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, well there are a couple of issues you you touched upon, which we'll, we'll go to now. So obviously, the affordability changes. They seem to have caused, well, anecdotally at least, quite a few mortgage prisoners, so to speak. Um, and the FCA did introduce transitional rules um, to cater for these these people who who might fall foul of the of the new regulations, but have proven their affordability over the last five, six, seven years. Um, but a lot of lenders seem to be ignoring them, especially on a on a remortgage basis. Why? Why? What's reasoned for that? Is there, is there a specific reason?
1: I think. Well, I can certainly say that, that from a, from an existing customer point of view, we operate transitional rules fully. So, so if we've got someone on our mortgage yeah. books already, then uh, that are looking to to change product at the end of a term, uh, that, then then we're we're uh, we're operating those rules. Uh, and obviously, if every lender did that, then those those customers will be yeah, well placed to 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 have yeah. have another uh, have another product. I think it is important though, and it's the it's again the centre point of of that regulation that that you understand if someone's taking a mortgage with you for for the first time, if they're transferring from another lender or or they're purchasing a property for the first time, that that they understand that they can afford that. That mortgage going forward. This this is all about sustainable affordability and not just about yep. affordability when we're in what is currently a very low rate environment. So I think it is important, we think it's important you know, certainly to make sure that customers can afford the mortgage when they come to us. And there's a number of things that, that go into that. And and you mentioned there, you know, man in the pub said I can't I can never get a mortgage again. I think that is it's usually a taxi driver a t- taxi driver. <laughs> I think the one I had today tried to tell me that. But, but but I think it is it is about people understanding and, and what they should be doing is seeking a advice, being very honest and upfront with exactly what the situation is, and then being steered by good professional advisers, whether in bank or, or intermediated, to, to, to do the right thing. Mm. And as I said earlier on, I think it's yeah, it's like going to the gym and moaning that your arms ache. I think if you're going to the gym, you're doing it for the right reason. And in this environment, it's about having the right advice and then finding out what the consequences afterwards. Yeah. And if, if affordability has gone too far in the wrong direction, I'm not, I'm not sure there's any proof that that is the case. But if it has, then I'm sure sensible lenders will make sensible decisions. And um and what about the age issue?
0: Why why are lenders age sensitive? Is it is it ageism or is it is there a solution for it? Is there a need for a for a for a product that spans the, the end of the mortgage into retirement if uh, if affordability can be uh, can be proved?
1: Yeah, I, I certainly don't think it's ageism. I think it's a it's a fact, isn't it? That as people retire, then then the pressure on their income is going to be that much greater. In most cases, Gen- generalising, and obviously there'll always be examples where that that isn't the case. Uh, but if someone's going to be under more pressure when their income's reducing through retirement, then that's something you've got to take into account when you when when you're granting the mortgage. If if that if that mortgage is going to take them over that point, so I can absolutely see why that's in place. But you've already seen some lenders have, have started to push out the uh, the age they'll be looking at from From a, a maximum age as as part of the the moves post MMR if you like, so I think it 's a natural thing that needs to be looked at. I think the income side of things is a big part of affordability, of course, and retirement income. Particularly with pension regulation changing, is something that that we need to take account of and and need to start thinking about what that what will yeah, happen in the future. Sort of in the up of a can of words it, <laughs> it's up not... <laughs> opportunity, and, <Yeah. laughs> and, and, and also I, I suppose you could say some risks. So yeah. so I think there's a there's a need certainly to treat people differently at different aspects of their life. It's not about getting older; it's about your income situation changing. Um, but again, sensibly, uh, if you can look at that and make sensible adjustments to policy from time to time, and like any credit Lender, we're constantly reviewing our, our our mortgage policy. If we think there's a need to change, that we'll change it. From a product side of side of things, it's been talked about for years. I you know, I've been here an awful long time as as, as you have, Monty, and, and 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 we've talked about lifetime. Right. stuff Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I presumed you started straight from junior school, but, but there, there's um, we've been talking for some time, haven't we, about some type of lifetime mortgage. I don't mean equity release. I yes, mean something yes, that's yeah. almost the cradle to grave type of thing. Mm. I, I, it's a difficult one to land. It's a difficult one to fund. It's a difficult one for systems to, to be able to, to get their head around that's before you see whether the market is available mm. for, for, for a product like that but I'm still in meetings where there are dialogue external meetings where, where, where it's discussed
0: I can I can I'll, I'll... Matt uh,
2: no Richard you uh, mentioned uh, equity release do you think that's something that the mainstream lenders will will become more involved in do you think uh, it, it, it appears at the moment to be quite a niche product but obviously with the situation of age and etc cetera, etc cetera, is that something you see changing
1: I think it was certainly more buoyant market pre pre uh, pre problems, wasn't it? Really. So, so if you look back to the mid to 2004 2005, there are a lot more lenders in in that in the equity release space. Um, I think I think it's a product that's that's right for some people if well advised. Then 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 it's there for some people. I think it's a product that, particularly from a lender point of view, has to be well funded, well risk adjusted, and and, and, and well advised. So, so making sure that the advice that's given is is at the right level is very important too. Will people go there? I think quite often necessity is the mother of invention, isn't it? And and the market starts to expand, and as that happens, new entrant lenders coming in. I'm sure there'll be more people looking to go into that market. Um, but it isn't it isn't as easy a market as bringing out a mainstream two-year fixed for on on low LTV.
0: Mm. So do you think there'll be a lot of easing in criteria then, generally over the next over the next year or so? It'll be easy, easier, especially for, we get a lot of self-employed contractors, those types of people, and a, a lot of them feel a bit, um, well, they're led down the garden path by their high street lenders and, and, and they don't really understand how they work.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure I'd, I'd say easier or, or easing. I, th- I think possibly, uh, as I said earlier on, when when, when the regulation comes in, you, you, you tend to get the reaction to regulation uh, early on and then you start to look at the type of business that's coming through. You talk to intermediaries, you talk to the trade bodies and other lenders uh, and, and you get to the point where you can understand whether whether there is a need and a, an appropriate reason to, to change criteria again every every lender sits in their rooms virtually every day i'm sure and reviews their criteria so i think where there's a need for that to happen it will but i don't think it's as broad brush as saying right there'll be a new contractor policy that all lenders will adopt i think people will look at markets and decide whether or not there's an appropriate way of, of of adopting policy for them
2: uh i've got another one if i can monty go on um so we've sort of looked at the uh the the, the end of the chain if you want uh equity release lease and people going into retirement um, are lenders doing enough in the new build scenario? I mean, it, it, in, in London, obviously, there's a, uh, you know, we often just see these huge things going up, a bad sea, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and you know, are, are, how, how do lenders, um,
1: well, let me just go back to the question, actually. Are lenders doing enough new build? Um, I, I, there's, there's certainly more lenders in that space than the, than there was before, and obviously the governmental moves uh, around help to buy and various other uh, initiatives have, have, have helped that space too. And, and, and builders, obviously, are are they building enough? Who knows? But they're building more than they were building previously. So, so I think that that market is is certainly more prominent than it was before. Um, from from our point of view, we've certainly adjusted some of our new build criteria this year to give us more of a um, an ability to to, to go onto those sites and uh, and do some lending, and, it, and it's a, a place that we like to be in, and and certainly an area that that, that we intend to to stay in. Uh, I think you will see. New entrants in particular, looking into that market, and once you get more people into that market, then naturally you start to see differences in in criteria that that help that help that that market along again sensibly and, and, and appropriately uh, but I certainly think as more houses get built, there will be more opportunity for people to, to do more new build lending are lenders doing enough i 'm not sure i mean what 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 gap do you think at the moment there is for lenders that could could go into that and uh, and do more things
0: well i think there's um there, there... There definitely seems to be a gap in terms of the uh, the loan to values. I mean, one thing I was going to—I'll come onto it now. Actually, it, it schemes like the Help to Buy, um, so that's worked up to a point. Certainly outside of London, first time buyers—it's—it's it's helped increase loan to value ratios on new build properties. But are lenders ready for for that to be withdrawn? What what will happen then? Will Will they be able to take up the slack of ninety five percent lending on a new build? Which which I don't think lenders will do without that government guarantee or the, the loan from the government. That, I think that's, that's the issue and that's a worry for me. When those schemes get withdrawn, which they surely have to at some point, what's going to happen then?
1: It's, I can't speak for all lenders, but obviously we're, we're we're perfectly happy with our involvement in Help to Buy and, and what would happen next, reg- regardless almost of, of of the outcome and in governmental support. I think Help to Buy, certainly from a personal point of view, being involved in the in the early discussions of, around trade bodies when Help to Buy was coming in, was never meant to be a permanent solution. It was meant to be a solution that started to get the the market to exactly, to self help yeah. almost, if yeah. you like, and yeah. and get going and and. Just forgetting a, a new build for a second, there are more high LTV products in the market than there have been at any time since the crash. So, so there there, there are more products out there now that can help uh, first time buyers and, and new builders as, as well as as well as other purchasers. Um, valuations on new build need need to be seasoned and need to be looked at. It's always yeah. down to the quality of the development. It's down to to history and and. Uh, uh, analysis of mortgage books for lenders and it's down to how confident you are about the sustainability of that development D- difficult to say whether or not that's uh, 95% new build um, mortgages are are, are going to take over from help to buy in the same way until we see where it goes but mm. I certainly know the government will be keeping a close eye as well because of course government policy around housing would suggest that it's not a market they want to see reduce.
0: They have a policy on housing to that. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've yet to see a, a really a really good joined up housing policy from uh, governments of either side. Certainly, for the past uh, for the past few decades, it seems. Um, but that's a whole other subject. Um, just a reminder that you're listening to London Calling, the property podcast from Coraco Independent Mortgage Professionals. Right, I'm going to move on a bit. The wider economy, where interest rates are concerned. Um, We've seen a lot of talk from the Bank of England and the uh, Fed in the US. Um, do you get the feeling that Carney knows what he's doing? Um, will rates rise as soon as he and Janet Yellen at the Fed have suggested, or are they just talking up the possibility for other reasons?
1: It's, it's difficult to tell, isn't it? I think you have to work on the basis that he does know what he's doing, and you have to work on the basis <laughs> that, that that he's he's got the information that he needs to be able to make those statements and 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 you know forecast those those, uh, those things. Uh, I think certainly. What what you what you can almost guarantee is that rates are going to go up at some point. We are fairly near where, where the bottom the bottom is, and and it makes the discussion we had earlier around affordability and making sure the right advice is obtained even more important. Because uh, the one thing you wouldn't want is someone out there trying to think that it's going to be in in the the low twos on a fixed rate basis forevermore. Because yeah. um, you know, you'd, you'd worry if someone was basing the rest of their mortgage life on on that. Uh, whether it's late this year, early next year, or sometime later. It's not quite irrelevant, it's very relevant from a market point of view, but from a today's advice point of view, it is irrelevant, because what they should be thinking about is the lifetime of the mortgage.
0: Yeah, I do get that impression that actually part of their their responsibility is to keep reminding people that, do you know what, this ain't normal. Yeah. The, the rates as they are at the moment are not going to stay there forever, and the problem is now you've got a whole generation of not just borrowers, but regulators and new lending staff and brokers and people have never experienced a rate rise the last rate rise was what it was July 2000, 2007 wasn't it i think yeah. that was the last time it actually rose um so it's a, it's a whole new ball game
1: it, it it is and i and i think um I mean, you take the remortgage market, for example, and, and obviously the remortgage market has been fairly subdued. A little bit of activity this year, but fairly subdued for some time now. Uh, and and you do wonder at times what people are waiting for to to, tr- to trigger that interest in getting off of mm. SVRs or or or, uh, or whatever they may be on you non know, non mortgage products. Um, and you wonder whether. The talk in the market and headlines in the papers starting to talk about rates going up uh, will will generate a bit of interest at least, mm. and where it's appropriate, some action from from the right people. I think a lot of that is around awareness. We've tried to do a lot of a lot of things this year at Virgin Money to to make the, the awareness of remortgaging uh, that much higher, as as you'll know. Yeah, yeah you've be been very good on that. We, yeah. We've been trying to provide some material and and, yeah. and help to encourage intermediaries to look at their client bank as well for those that that, that are not doing it already. Um, I think it does split down to almost three, three parts. Really, there are people that are on uh, rates, long-term trackers that that they grabbed at the right time, and, and why, why the hell would you be looking at remortgaging if if you've got that and, and you know financially you don't, your circumstances haven't changed. Uh, but there are a lot of people out there that probably think they either can't. Or they can't borrow as much as they've got currently or or there's some issue in their past that they think's too too much to to overcome um, and I would always encourage them to speak to, to speak to their brokers, speak to their advisors, and find out what the, the art of the possible is and mm. and I think that will start to move the market naturally. Um, if the interest rate talk of interest rates going up helps to generate some of that activity and enthusiasm, it's no bad thing. We'll know when they go up, when they go mm. up, won't we? And 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 obviously China we spoke about earlier on, but that's obviously cast a little bit of a shadow over timing on when... Great when, big shadow. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> probably <yeah>. an underestimate <laughs> there. Uh, on, 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 uh, on when that may happen, but yeah. like anything else, time will tell.
0: So um, it, in terms of that and uh, the apathy that, that seems to be out there at the moment, I mean, part of that is probably because Carney is cried wolf one too many times um and maybe we as an industry have as well saying that look rates are rates are going to rise and then they haven't done something else has happened Uh, do you think we as an industry as a whole are are doing enough to educate the public out there about well first of all what intermediaries do and then also about the mortgage market in general There, there still seems to be a lot of a lot of people who don't really know what what's going on and what we do
1: yeah, I think that's true, and I think there's a lot of good initiatives and a lot of good activity going on out there. But but there could always be more. Um, and I think there's that the concern I have, I suppose, there's less, a lot less intermediaries, mortgage intermediaries in the market than there was back back in the day. You know, roughly a third maybe of, of, yeah. of where they were. Yeah. Uh, as the market gets busier, will they have the time to work the client bank and to make sure everyone's aware of the opportunities that are in there? Uh, we talk, you know, in, in in meetings around insurances and lots of people being made aware of insurance when there weren't as many mortgages to write. Now there's more mortgages being written, the time taken to to do the other things is perhaps not not as great as it was before um Is the rate of new intermediaries coming in the market coming into the market? At a sufficient level to satisfy the demand that is starting to come back and, and, and may well come back yeah. heavier as remortgaging particularly picks up, and I think they're all they're all symptoms of of the ability to be able to to get that message across. I think there could be more done in the press potentially by um, intermediaries themselves, by lenders, by trade bodies, by anyone in the market to say, look, be aware. You know, adv- advice is where it's at. Come and come and talk to someone about your personal circumstances, and if it's appropriate, they'll do something for you. If not, they'll tell you that you're perfectly fine and off you'll go again. But you know that. That isn't time wasted, and I think campaigns like that I mentioned earlier on we've tried to generate a little bit of that ourselves at Virgin Money, uh, are no bad thing. Um, and yes, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there waiting for the physical change in in interest rates, but maybe they shouldn't be waiting that long. Mm.
0: Um, so so on that, I mean, it it, it has been hard to to find uh, good brokers in the industry. Uh, Matt's rolling his eyes. Is it, he- are you finding it difficult, Matt, to, to get the right calibre of, of people? And how do we encourage people to come into the industry? I, th-
2: I think it's getting better. I think the fact that we probably didn't have people join the industry for at least four or five years has had a massive effect. Um, you know, I, interviewed, oh, I interview about two or three people a week for, you know, we, we're, we, we've got more inquiries than we've got advisors. So, um, you know, I desperately need people. I mean, I, the other thing is I, I think it is harder. It's harder. I think there's a lot, lot more that you're having to do than you used to have to do, mm. um, and it takes a, a lot more efficiency than than maybe you know, we've got to use technology a bit more uh, clever. Uh, is that the right word? Uh, cleverly to uh, to to ensure that you know the the, the process is a, is a much smoother one. Um, clients need to be educated. You know they turn up without the right documentation. Don't really understand what they've got to do. Um, yeah, there's a whole <laughs> raft of things for me. I mean, yeah. I, somehow we've got to make... If we haven't got enough people in the industry, then we've got to make the process simpler and smoother, and uh, and and how do we do that? I mean, technology is obviously mm. something that's very important to us, um, and I, I guess the lender's going forward. So uh, we try and do our bit when we've got a client bank. You know, we talk to them. We try. We send out emails and stuff. But, uh, yeah, there does appear to be an awful lot of apathy out there. And, you know, even, even with people selling properties they've got at the moment, you know, the stock levels are right down. So... Um, even people that are in their homes obviously aren't even thinking of moving, so is the, is the whole thing clogged up because there's not enough? You know, Come back to what you said earlier about is there enough property? I mean, if there was properties for people to no, buy, maybe the system yeah. would move yeah. along. Maybe the people in there in their six-bedroom yeah. family homes would move out to somewhere nice, and then that would free up. Yeah. You know, LNG do a lot of work on this stuff, and you just you do wonder whether um, that we've just got the wrong housing for the wrong in, the wrong people in the wrong housing, mm. or just not enough in the right areas, or whatever. So. Yeah.
1: Uh, I suppose, I mean, digitalisation is, is, is the, the, a bit of a buzzword at the moment, isn't yeah. it? And, and, and seeing where that goes is going to be quite interesting. I think there's certainly more people now sourcing the start of their advice cycle on, on some form of, whether it's social media or, or it's or it's a yeah. sourcing system or a search engine. Um, I mean, you're both very active on, on social media. I'm, I'm not seeing, is it sexy enough to talk about property and mortgages on there? Because people tend to go on there to talk about...
0: We make it sexy. You, you certainly do. <laughs> no, 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 what's like you what's funny, welcome. though, is every time I turn
2: up, to a, the pub or a dinner party right within 20 minutes i know that well what, what mortgage rate can i get well, you know yeah, people do absolutely. people are obsessed with property yeah. so it is it is strange i think there is i think there is a need It's we, we you know we work long and hard to try and tap into that so i think there is appetite i think you know i follow enough people on twitter who talk about property for it to a, you know, the yeah. standard has a big section every Wednesday, so it must be must be pretty, uh, mm.
1: pretty important. And that, and that, I think, going forward, you know, will more people buy, you know, holistically on on a, on a digital system probably. Uh, you know, what point can it get to? Don't don't know. It's it's, it's right at the start at the moment, isn't it? But I think you can certainly get the information across. You can get you can build a bit of a bit of momentum in the market by, mm. by using social media uh, and certainly by, by perhaps using some of the online systems that are out there already. How do uh, how do lenders view social media?
0: Because you're you're one of the few actually who who do it, who do it well. Both you personally and uh, and I'm not just saying that because you're okay, here, but, you but your Virgin interest. Money as a whole. That, it's, but a lot of lenders are. They seem really really scared of it.
1: I, I think I think there's a reason to be scared. In, in part, there's all sorts of financial promotion regulation and all sorts of things, as you will well know, around things you can and can't put on social media. Um, Virgin as a brand are a very very comfortable and very active in in social media and mm-hmm. and always have been and we've got a big customer facing um, uh, social media presence in in there as well. Uh, individually, quite a lot of people in lenders use it as, as you know and 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 will anecdotally almost ha- have conversations in there. H- actually, getting that into Should an environment. Have all
0: your tweets checked?
1: But personally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, 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 plead, uh, I'll plead the Fifth Amendment on that. Um, uh, not, not, not personally, no, but, but I, would, I would try not to put anything in there yeah, that would course, be yeah. representative yeah. of the company, their my views and all the rest yeah. of it. And I think it, that's one of the problems, because trying to get that into something that can make a difference in the market and can become a medium where people are exchanging the type of things we do when we meet up or, or get on a phone is, is blocked at the moment, I think, by some of that nervousness and some of that regulation that goes around it. So... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that'll be, you know, Clever Minds will be in rooms try, trying to overcome some of that. I think as people get more um, comfortable with sourcing their information via, via that as well, then that will necessitate people getting more active on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not they'll go from that to, to Google to applying for a mortgage and getting online advice, you know, I'm, I'm now stepping s- several steps forward. But you yeah. can see that in other markets, non-mortgage markets, that's what's happened. Do you think, do you think Matt, people will will ever do that? They'll, they'll
0: actually... Go from step one to the finish, just all online without talking to anyone.
2: Well, I i I wouldn't, uh, and no, I wouldn't either. Um, uh, would they? (laughs) Uh, I think probably if you're just doing a pound for pound remortgage where there's no circumstantial changes, you might just go, Yeah, okay, I'll just flick a button. I know I do it whenever my sort of EDF bill comes through or whatever. You know, you just go, You have a quick look, and you go, Actually, that's not bad. I'll just do it. Um, first time buyer uh someone moving home no I, 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 I think they could probably maybe do 60 70% of it online and fill out some forms and but i think you still want to understand that you know what i'm spending 250,000 pounds there. i better make sure that uh i'm doing the right thing i don't i don't think anybody's i don't think anybody's going to really trust themselves on it I, I might I might be proved wrong in in time but i would be surprised certainly i seems think you a want you what i think you want the confidence that, that you're talking to somebody who's professionally independent to to say you know what yeah that's the right rate that's what what you're doing that that, that's 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 the one for you Mm -hmm. i think i think people
0: trust that so um intermediaries is obviously have, have have become very important um to lenders which is is obviously a delightful thing um we've seen the swings move towards intermediaries do you think what does this mean for for banks branch networks i mean i I haven't stepped into a branch for Actually, I stepped into one the other day to pay a cheque I'd found at the bottom (laughs) of my wallet for £20. Um, And that was the first time for about six years. So uh, do you think branch days are numbered or...? Or will there always be a need for it?
1: I, d- I don't think so, and, and certainly intermediaries have always been important to us, as as you know, yeah. going back as far, as far as I can remember, which is, which is a pretty long way, uh, and, and have become even more important. The majority of lending at, at Virgin Money is intermediated, uh, and I can't see that you know changing dramatically any time soon. Uh, MMR, as we've said. Yeah, throughout the conversation has put advice bang in the middle of, of the proposition for customers fantastically, uh, and advice has always been more readily obtained via intermediaries in the mortgage market than, than it would be direct. Um, I think there'll be a, a, at some point a swing back. Are we talking maybe 72, 73, maybe 75% intermediated in this year's market when, mm. we, when we finally hit the end of the year? Um, can it be maintained at that level? There'll probably be a, a, a slight moving back, but it's still going to be the majority. From a, a, a branch point of view, we don't, we don't give mortgage advice in branch Our our direct mortgage advice is is via the telephone or or online. Um, So, so. uh Will they be the main the main point of mortgage sales? Very 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 possibly not. But I think they still serve a a, a massive part in, in local communities. As you know, at Virgin Money we also have our lounges and our newer yeah. stores. I, have I like the lounges. lounges. I was in one
0: the other day. Thank you. So so it's a,
1: <laughs> it's a little space where people can go and do what they need to yeah. do with Wi-Fi and, and whatever else. And I think that sort of innovation, not just from us but from others that that are doing it too, mm. is quite important because the high street isn't dead. People still go down it. People still go through it to go wherever they going and having the ability to go in is different will it be the same as you know the 70s where people put their suit and tile and came for a mortgage device possibly not but i don't well, it's think it's an
2: experience now isn't it i mean you yeah. think of an apple store it's an experience you go yeah. to a metro it's an experience your lounges are an experience yeah. shopping's changed you know you can sit at home and click a button and it arrived arrive tomorrow but ultimately if you're going shopping now it's becoming an experience mm. isn't it so i guess banks will have to adapt and, and adjust to that
1: and quite rightly so absolutely mm. it's the yeah, the high street and consumer behavior is changing all the time so um so where do
0: you see virgin money's main strengths and and what differentiates you from from your competitors in your market
1: uh, I don't I don't know if it necessarily differentiates, we'd like to think it does, but it's the customer thing again. We've got the everyone's better off ethos, which which runs through the Virgin Brands and, and is certainly there in Virgin Money, which is making sure that anyone that deals with us feels better off through the experience, whether that's a customer, an intermediary, and, and yes, us too. So every piece of business we do should be benefiting all the people that are transacting that piece of business. And that's not just a strapline for a marketing plan. If you look at any of our strategy, any of our uh, actions and, and reactions that we, that we make, it will have that running through it and, and we'll test it to make sure it does. And I think that comes across in the brand. We talked at the start of the conversation about are, are banks doing enough to get mm. their brands back where mm. they were perhaps before uh, the financial issues. Um, and I think, I think they are, but, but, the, but that's the differentiator. It's people feeling comfortable and hopefully for us, if we're talking to the right people and saying the right things, where we're appropriate for them to use as a lender, whether intermediary or, or, or direct, they, they notice who we are, they know who we are. And I think that comes through brand it doesn't come through a big strap line and a rate necessarily it comes through people being comfortable dealing with you. Um, two quick questions
0: then uh, before we finish Buy to let uh, you've been in the market a while how how's that going uh, do you think there are uh, budget changes and regulatory changes on the way that in in that sector is that is that going to affect things are things like pay rates I mean your pay rate is is relatively high is is that going to become the norm from lenders where buy to let's concerned
1: i think it's too early to tell the effect of the regulation and, and, and we mentioned pension reform earlier on that potentially may have an effect on on people's ability to, to move into buy to let earlier maybe than, than they would have done before as part of a, a retirement plan yeah I'm, I'm i'm no retirement advisor but again another opportunity for good advice um too early to tell the effect of that but certainly from our point of view buy to let is important. We're very comfortable with our position in the market. As our last stated figures, we were at 16% of our lending was done on buy to let. So it is an important part of our, our mm. proposition. Um, and again, you mentioned pay rates. It's all about sensible criteria. It's all about being a, a lender that looks at the risk you're taking and balances that with, with the with the, the, the products that you can offer. Um, and at the moment, you know, we're certainly comfortable where we are, but we'll continually review
0: so finally, then, where do you see the market for the rest of the year? And um, are there are there any threats on the horizon, or is it going to be a nice competitive end to the year, and and consumers are going to have fun picking from there? From the vast amounts of low products available,
1: cornucopia of products <laughs> yeah. now available. Um, good word. It's been, it's been, uh, just thought <laughs> of that. It's been, a, it's been an interesting year, and I think probably as hard as it's been for some time to predict, because uh, we've had a few um, sort of months that suggest that a rally's taking place, and months that suggest that it's, it was a, it was a bit of a, uh, yeah, forlorn hope. I think the CML figures are probably about about right now. They're forecasting mm-hmm. 209, aren't they, for it's for the for the end of the year? Um, I, yeah, that feels about right at the moment. You'll be better placed than I am because you speak to all the lenders to know where, where the appetites are. But anecdotally, well, if I add
0: up all the lenders' targets <laughs> at the beginning of the year, it's about 400 billion market. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's been the someone's case. Someone's going to be disappointed.
1: Well, they are, but there, there's a lot of people out there with, with appetites, we hear. And, and obviously, consumer, though, isn't it? yeah. it's got to be good because, yeah. because that breeds obviously the competition that, that means that, that, that rates and products become more, more competitive and, and obviously uh, better, better for the consumer. I think the thing that we talked about uh, earlier on around remortgaging is going to be interesting. Can that? mortgage start to sustain itself through through the end of this year and into next without a base rate change who knows when that's going to be i think most lenders have got that going into into next year now probably but um you know, we'll, we'll we'll see where that is we we're all expecting that will be a trigger that will suddenly increase the market but uh, at the moment i think i think cml have got it about right
0: very good well i think we're at the end of their, our time now so uh thank you to my guests richard thank you very much thank you appreciate you coming thank you matt my pleasure Um, we'll be back soon with some more topical chat so as ever any comments or requests for topics to cover in future episodes please feel free to contact us on twitter at coraco or through our website at www.coraco.co.uk until next time this is london calling